With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. This podcast of the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour presented by Firehouse Subs is sponsored by AAA Heating and Air. The premier HVAC company in the Midlands is growing. Are you a top HVAC technician? AAA Heating and Air is looking for dedicated applicants to fill their fast-growing service department with top-notch HVAC technicians. If you're the best, then they want you. If you're ready to stop working and start a career, you can earn up to $100,000 plus a year at AAA Heating and Air. Quality candidates will have at least two years' experience and a good driving record. Benefits include top industry salaries, commission on service and unit sales, set call limits, company-provided take-home vehicle and gas card, company-provided cell phone and tablet, health, dental, and vision benefits, 401k retirement plan with company match, and scaled PTO based on length of service. Contact Roy and Dana Finley at 803-677-1500 or check out their job postings on Facebook or ZipRecruiter. Triple A air when you need us. Triple A heating and air. It's the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour, presented by Firehouse Subs, founded by Firemen with Chris Clark. The 2007 South Carolina class was... At that time, sixth in the country and fourth in the SEC, which is amazing. West Mitchell. You know, I think if you're South Carolina, you're you're aiming to, to at least be at 50%. Then in theory, you're adding talent, you're getting better, you're putting yourself in a position to compete. And Tyler Head. It's been a great week for South Carolina. On the recruiting front, still certainly plenty to talk about. On the home of the Gamecocks. 107.5 The Game. And welcome into the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour presented by Firehouse Subs. You're on 107.5 The Game. Tyler Head, Chris Clark, and Wes Mitchell making his triumphant return after a week off here. As we inch closer and closer to the start of the college football season, just a week away from SEC Media Days getting started. Uh, Wes, I should ask, how was your vacation? It was good. I uh, thought they were about to card me when I walked in because I haven't been in here in so long. But yeah, it was great. Hit a couple of beaches, uh, got sunburnt, um, hung out, had some beverages, and uh, now I'm back. Are you ready for another week of Gamecock football and Firehouse subs? Yeah, I mean, I'm always. <laughs> I actually had Firehouse subs yesterday, to be honest. So, oh wow! Uh, yeah, came on back, hit up the one of the local many Midlands locations <laughs> of Firehouse subs. So yeah, happy to be back. Football is inching closer. It'll be here before you know it. Yeah, not a not a whole heck of a lot happened. Yeah, uh, what did I miss? While you were gone, what do I what do I need to know? Yeah, <laughs> we weekend review. Yeah, we use this uh, for well, the weekend it review. A, it was abbreviated week at that. We only had three shows yeah, Monday Wednesday. through Friday or Wednesday through Friday. We actually went through. It's mm-hmm. kind of fun. We went through. What are the things? You your memory's better, Tyler. I know Friday we counted down. Or actually, I kind of failed in my homework. We <laughs> didn't really count them down. Uh, we went through some of the best plays, individual plays, in Gamecock sports history. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't, I don't, you probably didn't get to go back and listen to that one yet. Can you guess what my number one was? It's my current number one. I reserve the right to change it. Best individual Bet, play. Just best yeah. play. Single play. Best single play. 
Any sport. Any sport. Any sport. Any sport, any time, any era, any team. Um, I thought Tyler was whispering you the answer for a second. No, I'm, I'm whispering just to yourself. trying to get my brain going again. I mean, this is not going to be your answer, but in my head, the Whit Merrifield RBI. That's a, that's a pretty good guess. Just popped into my head. That as, came up. It did. Because we opened it up to the Firehouse Subs text line, and that one definitely came up. And I actually was put the same question on the Insiders form, like, what is your favorite? And we had, like... I don't know, 125 replies? Or well, I think it can be interpreted in. many ways. Like, yes. what, what was the actual best just play without context? Like, yeah. the uh, the feat that was uh, showcased here took the most skill, basically. Like, literally the best play, or what was the best play in most terms meaningful. of context, yeah. like what it meant for South Carolina Athletics. Right. And even within that 2010 baseball run... I mean, you could argue there's like several different um, plays you could argue. And, you know, you look at Christian Walker and the big home run to send South Carolina to Omaha. That came up. And then also Jackie Bradley Jr. actually probably, I mean, one of the most clutch ABs of all time as far as South Carolina goes, uh, taking an inside ball that was inside by like an inch and a half that could have been strike three and could have completely changed the course of history if the umpire had been a little bit more, uh, you know, had, had a little bit bigger strike Typical zone. Typical college umpire. Yeah. And um, always loved the quote by Jackie. And, you know, how, how did you take that pitch? Well, it was a ball. <laughs> That's how. But, and then he, he uh, rolls it oh, through. Yeah the right side to keep the the run going so all right uh what was what was your answer chris i went more of just like that was an extremely impressive play i did bake in the context a little bit but it was just more of the play it was the ace sanders punt return against mm-hmm. georgia in 2012 yeah that one was just and it was meaningful why are you laughing at me wes uh, nothing you're doing your one uh, I'm, I'm not i'm not reference. gonna do it i'm not gonna do it <laughs> tyler wasn't mad about it that was a great play, though. That I thought Williams Price was going to fall apart. Yeah, that was probably the loudest I've ever seen it to this day. Yeah, um, yeah, we had a lot of great ones there. Uh, what we'll do later on in this show talk about some of the greatest games mm-hmm. in South Carolina history. We can open this up to all sports as well. It doesn't have to just be football. We can do baseball, basketball, whatever you want. But greatest games in South Carolina Gamecock history, and uh, I imagine a lot of the Great plays that we talked about on Friday. We'll have a crossover with some of these great games as well. I feel like these are definitely July topics. Yes. Um, so we're, we're a week out from media days. Yeah, so everybody hang in there with us. But <laughs> I, I would like to add a uh, subcategory to okay. this just okay. to make it more interesting. Give me your also your best game that South Carolina did not win. But that, Ooh, but that mm. the game itself was so good because we've all we've all watched our team play a game sure. where the game was just so freaking good that even though your team lost, you're like, man, I can't. Ne- neither team deserved to lose that game. My team did, but it was such an enjoyable game. It was so back and forth or had so much drama that I can't even be that mad. 
So, like for me, that South Carolina, actually another South Carolina Georgia game, South Carolina Georgia game with um, Garcia, Wesley Saunders, mm-hmm. um, Eric Norwood, two thousand nine. Is that right? Two thousand nine. Tyler, help us. So. I think. I- the, the batted pass at the end. South Carolina right. drives all the way into Georgia territory in Athens. Yeah, I think fourth that, and goal. I'm pretty sure that's 09. Let me double check um, on that. I'm 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 about 99 percent yeah, sure. 37, 41, Georgia. That sounds right. Yes, absolute. Just battled back and forth. South Carolina was up early. Georgia went up fairly big. South Carolina battled back. I think Norwood picked the pass off, um, and either pick sicked it. Pick six did or was pushed out at the one. I can't remember which one. Pick six. Uh, he did pick six. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that that's what instantly popped in my brain as far as that context. I have an early submission for another such game. Two thousand six, South Carolina Auburn. Yes. That yes. is famously the Spurrier. Please don't clap for our team. Oh, after standing, we lose game. standing O after yeah. a loss. <laughs> yes. Because you remember, that was year two of the Spurrier era. So 2005 happened. There was some good. There was some bad in there. You, you have, in 2005, you have the first win at Neyland for South Carolina. Sydney Rice game. That was a great, you know, it was a good start for South Carolina. 2006, there's a lot of excitement. You play an Auburn team who was, wasn't, Auburn was number two. Yeah, they the were time. way up there. They were undefeated. That was a Thursday night game. What, was it 2005? 2006. Yes, okay. Yeah, Auburn's number two. Great, great game. Um, Savelle Newton was the starter, starting quarterback in that game. Jared Cook. See, I was about to say, there's another memory from that game <laughs> that has people running off the road right now yeah, listening. J- Jared Cook dropped a touchdown pass, or would-be touchdown pass in that game. Um Kenny Irons, former Gamecock running back who had transferred to Auburn before the proliferation of the transfer portal. You didn't see guys transferring from SEC school to SEC school then a lot. It, it did not happen that much then. Now it's just like, what, what team's this guy on this year? You know, I mean, but back then that was more rare. And so there were some great meetings between uh, Jasper Brinkley and Kenny Irons in the whole the great game. Um, they fell just short at the end. Fans applauded the effort. Spurrier wasn't a huge fan of it, though. Did yeah. not like that. That um, so I I have a weird memory of that game too. Of didn't Auburn pick off a pass? Um, down it basically South Carolina was uh, inside the twenty, and Auburn picked off a pass, and then either Corey Boyd or Kenny McKinley ran the guy down and stripped it back. And Carolina got the ball right back. Like that that was just an that was an insane game. I'll throw you a um I don't know if this one would make the cut, but it popped in my brain because we're talking about South Carolina Auburn. But Spurrier's final year when um South Carolina went to Auburn and no. It was twenty fourteen. Yep. I think. Yep, it was. And uh it was Spurrier against Ellis Johnson. And Spurrier went up there with Dylan Thompson, so it was it was his second to last year. And <laughs> Spurrier just said, "We're going for it every fourth down. <laughs> like we don't, we're just, we don't give a, you know what." And said, "We're going for it. We can't stop anybody. We're just going all out." Um, 
And uh, South Carolina ended up losing 42-35. But also remember about that game, South Carolina went up and down the field on Auburn's um, defense. And then Carolina got the ball back late in the first half and basically said, all right, we're, we're happy. Like, we're, we're cool with where the first half is. Like, this has played out well enough and took it to the locker room. And then you look back and you're like, man, if you're, if you're, <laughs> you're in a shootout. Got to shoot? Yeah, <laughs> maybe, maybe, uh, maybe let's, uh, let's try to score one more time here. But that, that was a fantastic football game. And going back to that 2006 game real quick, the, the other Auburn game. Yeah, change the subject on you. <laughs> no, no, no. I mean, we, we stuck with another good Auburn game. I just remembered this. Auburn had the ball for the entire third quarter in that game. Surprise onside kick. I oh, never, wow. I never, I, has that even happened since? Like, like, like a te- they literally had it the entire quarter, the entire third quarter. Yeah, that's not Just easy to ball. do. Not easy to do. So, uh, that was another good one. Yeah, that, that 2014 game was absolutely wild. Both of those def- two good offenses, two very bad defenses. I'm surprised there weren't more points in that game, actually. Uh, but yeah, let us know on the Firehouse Subs text line, 803-404-6100, your greatest games in South Carolina history, and also the best game that South Carolina didn't win. We'll hit some of those a little bit later on in the show. But coming up next, we continue to go through the 2023 schedule and break down each opponent. Coming up next is Mississippi State. We'll talk about that on the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour, presented by Firehouse Subs here on 107.5 The Game. It's the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour. 107.5 The Game. Wes has gotten back in town just in time for one of his favorite subs. I feel like you have some some news to break. To I me. do have some news to break. Oh, uh, I see it on your screen. While you were gone, the last limited time offer from Firehouse Subs did go away. The triple stack, the smoking triple stack, it was awesome. It's been replaced. We had a ceremony, but it has been replaced with something that's also awesome. Wes, the pepperoni pizza meatball sub. Okay. Italian okay. meatballs, extra provolone, and crispy pepperoni. And this one is on a garlic bread roll. It is back today. Today is the first day that you can get this. And you can get it at all 14 Midlands Firehouse Subs locations. You can also order it through the Rapid Rescue at firehousesubs.com, which will, of course, tell you where the closest Firehouse Subs location is to you. And you can also get it through the app, Firehouse Subs app download that some locations you can actually get a deal special deal on the pepperoni pizza meatball sub now if you don't like pepperonis for whatever reason today's sub of the day is the meatball sub uh, so that's so 7.99 for a medium 5.99 for a small but if you don't Wes like pepperoni I, you can't we can't be friends we, we, we cannot be friends we like pepperoni again that's the pepperoni pizza meatball sub at firehouse subs go check it out today firehousesubs.com or the firehouse subs app Take a look at Mississippi State coming up next. Gamecock Central Takeover Hour presented by Firehouse Subs. 107.5 The Game. It's the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour presented by Firehouse Subs. Founded by Firemen with Chris Clark, Wes Mitchell, and Tyler Head on your home of the Gamecocks. 107.5 The Game. Snap handle. Russell wants to throw left sides under pressure, going deep down the field. A little push off into coverage and picked off. DJ Swearinger, a diving interception at the 10. And Russell went for too much, and we made him pay for it. 
Welcome back into the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour presented by Firehouse Subs here on 107.5 The Game. That was the call all the way back in 2011. DJ Swearinger getting a critical interception against Mississippi State out in Starkville, a game that uh, South Carolina will go on to win 14-12. to And as we go through the 2023 season, after taking on Georgia in week number three, it is the Mississippi State Bulldogs coming to town to take on the Gamecocks. First time these two teams will have matched up since 2016. This will be a fascinating game for a lot of reasons. Um, Obviously, Mike Leach is no longer with us. And um, so Zach Arnett, the defensive coordinator there, um, and there's some history with Zach Arnett in, in the South Carolina program, actually, in a way. Um, has taken over that program. So year one, and so I'm I'm just kind of fascinated to see what what that looks like in general. Um, people may remember Shane Beamer actually interviewed Zach Arnett for the defensive coordinator job here after he was hired. Um, flew to Starkville. There was some plane uh, plane tracking season going on there. <laughs> Hashtag. And uh, so so things at least were somewhat down the road there, but Arnett ends up staying at Mississippi State and. As it turns out, made a good decision for himself. I mean, obviously, wouldn't have wanted it to happen that way, but um, he's now the head coach there. So, And he's never been a head coach no. before. And so, obviously, like you said, a very unique circumstance, kind of getting thrust into that role. And uh, I, I don't know what the level of expectation for him is going to be, but definitely a, uh, a new uh, challenge for him that he's never had before. So, I'm going to be honest, guys. I, I don't know... If we, and I'm going to say collective we, like Gamecock Nation, media, fans, everybody involved, I don't know if we just follow Mississippi State very much at all. Like, they're kind of all the way out there. They're doing their own thing. Like you said, South Carolina hasn't played them in years. Um, You sort of watched from afar because of Leach, uh, I think. And, you know, you saw his clips pop up on social media from time to time. But... This is a game where I feel like you kind of go into it and you're like, this is an opponent you're already not very familiar with. And then throw in the fact that, and I'll be completely honest, I'm I'm leaning on Athlon Sports right now um, <laughs> and their preview of the season. And, you know, what is this offense going to look like? Because you... you go ahead, Tyler. No, go ahead. I'll say you, you kind of assume that... Um, the defense is going to be very similar. I know they basically promoted their linebackers coach into the D.C. role. They bring a bunch of guys back on defense that have played a lot. So they have experience on defense. Obviously, you'd imagine that Arnett's going to be very involved on that side of the ball anyway. But, you know, this guy, Kevin Barbe, is someone I'm not really familiar with at all. I know the general sense is that they're not going to throw it uh, 60 times a game that it is going to be a little bit more of a balanced kind of rushing attack involved as well and so you bring back your back your quarterback and he's obviously and Will Rogers put up massive numbers in his <laughs> career but and, and I don't want to say this like I'm completely taking away from him but how much does it translate if you're not in this very specific very particular offensive scheme and so I think there are some questions there because we have seen quarterbacks put up huge numbers in the air raid. And sometimes it does translate to other schemes, and sometimes it, it doesn't. So I, I think that's kind of 
obviously a question everybody's going to have going into this season. And like I said, the, the air raid is its own unique thing, and not every coach can be successful with it. And obviously, Mike Leach was one of the innovators of that offense. But but Barbie comes over from Appalachian State, and that was a very good offense they had a year ago, averaged about 450 yards per game and right around 35 points per game. When you kind of look at how the breakdown of plays was for them, uh, one thing that I noticed particularly is they don't use the running back, or he didn't use the running backs in the past game nearly as much as Appalachian State, which was a big thing for Mike Leach at Mississippi State. And then, you know, they utilize the run itself a little bit more, or a little bit, but not to the degree um, of what you see throughout the SEC. So that's going to be kind of one of the quirks of Barbe's offense. I imagine they're still going to throw the ball plenty. And again, Will Rogers, one of the best as far as arm talents go in the SEC and the, the uh, yardage and, and touchdowns certainly back that up. But yeah, it's going to be a little bit different and certainly not going to be as high octane as what Coach Le- Leach had it as. Yeah, it, it'll be different. It, obviously, Appalachian State put up some big numbers last season. I mean, Chase Bryce, former Clemson quarterback, actually, uh, he had a really good year. He he threw for just shy of 3,000 yards, had 27 touchdowns, six picks. Um, and they had actually a few. They kind of had more of a, a running back by committee type of approach at App State. But they had somebody put up 600 yards, somebody put up 593, and then they had a couple that were at 389. So rotated the guys in and out, got a lot of snaps, played a lot of guys. It'll be a different type of offense. Kevin Barbet is well-regarded, but there will be some key differences. To your point, Tyler, another guy that had some South Carolina carryover, a little tie, Dylan Johnson, who's going to play at Washington this year, is a guy that South Carolina pursued out of the transfer portal. His last two seasons at Mississippi State, he caught 48 passes last season. He caught 65 balls in 2021 as a running back. Yep. So... You, you won't see that this year. You, you don't see that in any offense, really, aside from the air raid tree and, and what Mike Leach did. So th- there will be some growing pains for Zach Arnett as a first-year head coach. You know, um, there will be some, some differences in this offense. We'll, we'll see how the defense is structured. I agree with Wes. It's going to be probably very much the same in terms of the, the scheme, the carryover. But they lost some guys out of the portal. Will Rogers is getting a good bit of probably deserved hype in the offseason if you see, you know, th- this is list season. And so there's a lot of lists going around right now of the top position in the SEC, the top X in the country. And so if you look at just about anybody worth their salt, their list of the top, you know, quarterbacks or ranking the quarterbacks 1 through 14 in the SEC, Will Rogers is generally in the top five in those lists. And so he does have a blend of talent plus the system. That system's going away. I think he'll still have a really good year, but how good can he be? Who do y'all think, and obviously this will shift immensely based on what happens to start the year, who do y'all think would or should be favored in this game right now with what we know? Like this feels like another one of those games you kind of go into prior to the year and you say entirely a toss-up. Like how how do you even really compare the teams and, you know, obviously as that game gets closer, you get more information. What, what does South Carolina do, you know, against UNC? How, how do they start the season? Um, how does Mississippi State start to answer some questions that everybody's going to have as well? And then it kind of shifts one way or the other. But as we sit here right now, 
I don't even know how you necessarily answer that question because there are so many different variables involved. And, and to Chris's point, I mean, we saw it firsthand here, um, you know, and, and Beamer himself has talked about sort of, you know, going into year two versus going into year one. Beamer, of course, now going into year three. Um, when you're a first, when you're a head coach, I mean, you're you're, you're kind of just trying to keep your head above water for that first year because you're you're basically running a massive company. Like you're the CEO <laughs> of a massive company, and you're putting out fires every day. Like I, I think that's what the modern day head football coach is, and. I imagine you learn something new every day. As much as you've prepared for that moment for your entire working life, if you're a coach, there's something new every day. So how does he adjust to that? How does he how does he adjust to game time decisions? Am I going to be an aggressive coach? Am I going to be a less aggressive coach? Is it going to depend more on the opponent? We know Leach was going to roll the dice any anytime he could. So, you know, I, I think there's a lot of questions you probably – even have for a head coach where he may know what he thinks his answers are right now, but as he gets into the mix and as he learns more about his team and himself, some of those things are going to sort of be fluid as well. So I think there's just a ton we don't know about this matchup. Yeah, we don't even have a line for that game yet, but I would imagine if they were to put one out right now, I'd probably say South Carolina would be the slight favor just with all the questions at Mississippi State and all the unknowns that they're dealing with. But like you said, once we get into play in the season, North Carolina firm in Georgia, all the opinions and ideas of yeah. what this team will be and what Mississippi State will be by week four certainly going to change. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm with you. Very, very, very small line, though. Like very Even small, if Carolina's yeah. favored. Sure. It's like I mean, a 1.5. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, Just as a placeholder, if yes. nothing else. Yeah. yeah. It's basically a kind of a pick em in my mind. It's very similar to the UNC game sure. to open the season for different reasons. Absolutely. Uh Coming up next, we will dive into the greatest games in South Carolina history and greatest games that maybe the Gamecocks didn't win either. If you have one you'd like to let us know about, hit us up with the Firehouse Subs text line, 803-404-6100. We'll talk about that coming up next. You are listening to the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour, presented by Firehouse Subs on 107.5 The Game. It's the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour. 107.5 The Game. Guys, we've been talking about special plays and great plays. Maybe you have a print of a photo of one of those big plays in South Carolina history. I got an idea that will absolutely be a winner for you. Why don't you head on over to our friends at Gold Line Framing in West Columbia. Have them custom frame that print for you. You can throw it on the wall in the man cave. Or if you're looking for a special gift for a sports fan in your life, maybe you don't know what to get them. Owner Kendall Walsh, manager Johnny James, they're going to take care of you. And any and all of your custom framing needs, that could be diplomas, original artwork, canvases, jerseys, flags, pretty much anything. They've been in business for over 20 years. They're over at 511 12th Street. Again, that is West Columbia, South Carolina. You can go in studio over there and uh, check out their art gallery, home decor, furniture, gift items, all in store. If Kendall's over there, she can talk some Gamecock sports with you as well. Uh, Give them a call, 803-739-1337. They are open Tuesday to Friday, 10 a.m. to 5.30 p.m., and then Saturday, 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. Give them a follow, as always, on Instagram, at SC. Again, that's our friends at Goldline Framing in West Columbia, 511 12th Street. Greatest games coming up next. Gamecocks and Takeover Hour presented by Firehouse Subs, 107.5 a.m. It's the Gamecocks and 
Central Takeover Hour. Presented by Firehouse Subs. Founded by Firemen. With Chris Clark, Wes Mitchell, and Tyler Head. On your home of the Gamecocks. 107.5 The Game. And welcome back into the Gamecocks Central Takeover Hour. Presented by Firehouse Subs here on 107.5 Game. Tyler, Wes, and Chris along with you on this Monday morning. Time to jump into our discussion the greatest games in South Carolina history, as well as great games that maybe the Gamecocks came up a little bit short in and already getting some responses on the Firehouse Subs text line. Foster agrees with uh, what Chris brought up about the 06 Auburn game, them holding the ball the entire third quarter drove him crazy. Yeah, that's not a fun way to... There was another way. Actually, I've always said Auburn... And Tyler, tell me if you agree with this because of the kind of the Auburn-Georgia angle. All right. Auburn is the weirdest football team in the country. Man, who are you telling? Probably the universe. They have been in, <laughs> involved in more weird, stupid, <laughs> and nonsensical things than any other team. That 2013 run to the national championship game yeah. was one of the most bizarre things I've ever witnessed. Yeah, and you can't even... I mean, you even had the... Uh, like the the Michael Dyer knee being down or not? Yep. Like you even had that. Yep. Like it couldn't even just be a normal. There's no normal with them ever. But but isn't that even sort of on brand for what they are as like an entity, like an organization? Yes. Like they, there, there's much. always something going on in Auburn. Like sure. you you know, and I, I feel like from the outside looking in, Auburn, all of their great seasons come. When there are low expectations, and then when the expectations are sky high, they kind of find a way to, to not meet those expectations. So they're in this constant just flux as far as people behind the scenes trying to fire the coach. And it seems like it's sometimes it's about wins and losses, but other times there's like vendettas and it's more about well, you know, look at what Alabama's doing. That's who we need to be. And it, it's just, there, there's constantly drama around Auburn. And it, it is kind of funny that it permeates them on the field as well. But yes. that, that that is who they seem to be. It's ingrained. Off the field <laughs> as well. I mean, being an Auburn fan, that's got to be a crazy existence. Yeah, because lots of ups and downs. Yeah, ups, downs. <laughs> Sideways. Const- constantly... Being jealous of your big brother, but... But still managing to beat them like every four or five years. Yeah, but it's kind of like the... It's kind of like you're the the little brother that everybody... All you hear about is people bragging on your big brother. (laughs) But then you're still over there, like, you're doing some pretty freaking impressive things too, but nobody ever puts you in the paper. They're just talking about big brother. It kind of gets just, I guess, overridden with everyone. Yeah. Strange, exi- but I mean, it sounds in some ways fun. It sounds in some ways exhausting. <laughs> well, it's the the Gus Malzahn experience, and I don't know if that was just because of him. It's probably an and as opposed to an or. And he was at Auburn. Mm-hmm. You know, every year it's he's on the hot seat. No, he's not. He's on the hot seat. No, he's not. And, and he's he, just back and forth. He was the he was on the staff for the twenty ten national championship team too, wasn't he? He was, he the, was OC. the OC. OC, yeah. that's right. So yeah. even like even going back that far, he was still like, yeah part in it. Yeah, I mean it's just cr- and in his tenure, 
it was uneven, but I feel like it's probably a little bit underrated. Well, and and talking about the ups and downs, since they let him go, you have this whole mess with Brian Harson, oh, and now you go out and hire Hugh Freeze. So just the ups and downs just continue. It just a weird hire, and then you hire Hugh Freeze. Yeah, it just continues. And, man, it, it would be entertaining to be in that sphere. I remember a story that Ellis Johnson told me recently, because you remember Ellis Johnson went to Auburn, yep. and he worked for Gus Malzahn. And he was telling me very early in his tenure when he returned to South Carolina that Auburn was making a play to try to hire Steve Spurrier. And Ellis was concerned that Spurrier was going to go because these are his words. He tells the story a lot better than I, I can. But he said, at Auburn, you never know who's going to hire the coach. He's like, it's whoever gets to the table first. It might be a booster. It might be the, the AD. It might be the president. You just don't know. So the place is crazy. So it's definitely bled over to the field. Now why did we? Now why were we talking about? That? I don't know another Auburn game. I, probably I, I got one more thing to add. Did I did I dream this or did this really happen? Okay, it wasn't there a moment when everybody was like, "Oh, we, you know, we got to get rid of Gus. Gus isn't, you know, Gus isn't getting the job done. We're going to fire him." And then Arkansas was like, "All right." We're going to hire Gus. Yeah. And then Auburn was like, you can't have him. He's our, like, <laughs> yes, did, didn't, that, much. didn't that happen? Like, it was it was all year long. Yeah. You know, we're going to fire Malzahn. And then Arkansas mm-hmm. was like, hmm, it looks pretty good to us. And then they're like, well, no, not former on our Arkan- watch. Former high school coach in Arkansas. I mean, it made a lot of sense. Um, yeah, I don't remember what just, year that was, but. <laughs> like every year? Yeah, true. But I, I think Arkansas at some point made a real push <laughs> Auburn almost some some people over there. I don't know who Brewsters. They tried to hire Kevin Steele as their head coach. They're going to just like install him as the head coach. It's just a bizarre existence. I think the reason I brought it up is there was another weird Auburn game along Wes's lines. Twenty eleven Auburn. That's why somebody wrote in on the Firehouse Subs text line with the Auburn game in two thousand six where they held the ball for three quarters. The two thousand eleven Auburn South Carolina game. That was a decent Auburn team. They ended up going eight and five. That was an ugly game, though. Sixteen to thirteen, Auburn. Late touchdown to the late Philip Lutzenkirchen. Throwback, throwback pass. Auburn ran about a hundred and twenty offensive plays in that game. They just like three and four yarded South Carolina to death. And then I think Carolina got the ball down towards field goal range, but the clock ran out because they couldn't spike it in time at the end. But that that was just an ugly, ugly offensive performance. Uh, Tyler, what what all do we have on the, the line there? Anything uh, good? Let's see. A lot of the ones that you guys have already said. Auburn game, 06 Florida, return to the swamp for Spurrier. Uh, let's see. I was hoping somebody would jog our memory on maybe some we're not thinking of. I have a basketball submission randomly. What you got? 2006 SEC men's basketball tournament. South Carolina probably definitely unexpectedly made it all the way to the finals. They were a five seed. So they beat Mississippi State. They beat uh, Tennessee, who was the, the one seed. They beat Kentucky and they made it all the way to the championship game against Florida and lost by two. That was the team that had Joachim Noah, yeah. Al Horford, a couple other guys who I'm forgetting. And that would have given South Carolina, of course, the 
automatic bid to the NCAA tournament. They just fell short and didn't have the record. I mean, regular season that a losing record in conference. That was a frustrating team to watch, though, because they had talent. They were up. Yeah, and, they were so up and down. So up and down. And then they they went on that run at the end. They they played really really good basketball down the stretch, uh, but just came up short. And um, that that team. Was that when I was in school? I think it yeah, was. it would have been when we were in school. That team was, that team was pretty loaded, actually. I think there was like a late, maybe a late tip by Noah or something that that went in or a block. There, there was something down in what, the paint at the end of the well, game. I, th- I think Carolina had a shot at the basket at yeah. the end, and it rolled out. That would have been a what was the final score of that game? Forty nine to forty seven. Ooh, yeah, that was a tough one. Right, add that one to the list. We'll hit some more of these coming uh, back on the other side as we wrap up today's edition of the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour, presented by Firehouse Subs on 107.5 The Game. It's the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour. 107.5 The Game. Hey, if you're a small business owner in the Midlands, think about everything you need to help your business succeed. You need a plan, happy customers, steady cash flow, but you also need an insurance agent that gets you. State Farm agent Amy Mason Cup also is a small business owner here in the Midlands, and so she understands the unique needs of local business owners like you. Amy Mason Cup State Farm will make it easy to choose the right protection for your business at the right price because one thing you don't need is insurance stress. Call State Farm agent Amy Mason Cup for your small business insurance needs today. Her number is 803-772-5554, or you can go to her website, amymasoncup.com. When my family was looking to switch and save on our personal insurance, home, auto, we called Amy and she took care of the rest. Her experienced, knowledgeable, responsive, and very helpful team can give you a personalized quote, whether you need personal insurance, whether you need business insurance. She's a South Carolina native and a local agent. Office right off of the St. Andrews Road exit, Ashland Park Plaza. That's 612 St. Andrews Road, Suite 4 in Columbia, just off I-26. Again, to protect your business, Name brand, business insurance, call State Farm Agent Amy Mason Cup, 803-772-5554 or amymasoncup.com. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. More of your submissions for the greatest games for South Carolina coming up next. Gamecock Central Takeover Hour presented by Firehouse Subs, 107.5 The Game. It's the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour presented by Firehouse Subs. Founded by Firemen with Chris Clark, Wes Mitchell, and Tyler Head on your home of the Gamecocks. 107.5 The Game. I'll touch my V next sweater. And welcome back into the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour presented by Firehouse Subs. Here on 107.5 The Game, Tyler, Wes, and Chris along with you on this Monday. A few more minutes ago, we're handing things over to Terry for the halftime show. Continuing our conversation about greatest games for South Carolina, we'll now head out to the Love Chevrolet phone lines. We actually have a former SID for men's basketball, Brian Bennett, who wants to give us a few for our list. Hey, guys. How are you doing this morning? Great. What's up, Brian? How you doing, man? Brian? Good. Let me take you a generation or two back. Let's go greatest game. How about a 14-1 South Carolina basketball team going to Rupp Arena in 1997? playing on national TV when national TV wasn't an everyday thing and beating Kentucky on senior day, the first time they had lost since LBJ was in the White House to win the <laughs> SEC outright at 15-1. and one. 
that was amazing to see that happen. And, and one of the interesting tidbits of that game is, is I had gone to every game, obviously, with the team up to that point. The Rupp had never been a tough place to play in. Okay. Arkansas was much worse. Rupp, they sort of, we were sort of like the little brothers. They were sort of like happy to have us there. They beat us by 30. We went home. Well, that we played that game at noon, and that day I went to eat some breakfast when we got to the arena early, and I was sitting at a table with some Kentucky fans, and they were like, well, you know, you beat us early this year. We have players injured. It's, we're going to win. It was, it was a foregone conclusion that they were going to win, and I'll never forget how that was the first time that we faced a really hostile environment, mm-hmm. and even um, one of the judge sisters went out and did the wife for Kentucky, and on her way back, she jumped into our team huddle and shot all the players a bird. <laughs> I mean, it was hostile, absolutely hostile, and we beat them on senior day. Ron Mercer was one of the first players ever to leave Kentucky early, and they decided they were going to have his quote-unquote senior day ceremony afterwards. Well, Patino got thrown out of the game with about four seconds to go. Of course he did. And walked <laughs> off the court, and they, they and they didn't do the senior day ceremony. They didn't do a ceremony for Ron Mercer when he left Kentucky. He got nothing. So <laughs> that was awesome. a, that was. From a, from a standpoint of an amazing win, and we had about five or 6,000 at the airport when we came back and everything. It was just crazy. That was nuts. Um, That's a good one. So, yeah, the, 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 the most excruciating where it was just a great game, and you just remember it, and it, it's become greater since then. It was painful then. But way back in 1997, we were playing Clemson at home to finish the season. It was a game being televised by on ABC. Again, no games were televised. This was national. Clemson went up 24 to nothing in the third quarter, and they actually moved the game. They, they took it off of national TV. Well, South wow. Carolina proceeds to score 27 points in a row, gets the lead, and then Bobby Fuller, one of Clemson's great quarterbacks, um, finds Butler, Jerry Butler, in the end zone on a twisting catch over top of Rick Sanford. It wasn't his coverage, but it was over top of him. And Clemson won the game. And, you know, it's excruciating to lose to Clemson, but looking back on that, the the comeback was amazing. So those are my two. I also had two interesting plays I thought I wanted to bring up that are sort of, you know, people people forget about these things. Take you back to the College World Series in 2011. In the championship series, South Carolina is playing Florida. Mm-hmm. And Florida has the bases loaded with nobody out to win the game. And they hit a screaming line drive. Um, oh gosh, who is it? To Wingo. Yeah. Wingo's playing in. He catches it on a dot. He throws it to Robert Barry, who's catching because he came in as a pinch hitter. So he's not even the first string catcher. He makes a backhanded short hop catch with his foot stretched on the plate to get the force out at home. That, the next play was a double play. South Carolina wins an extra innings, wins the next night, and wins the national championship. They lose that game. They probably don't win the Natty that year. Um, the other one is an interesting one. It goes all the way back to 1984. You guys weren't even born to remember this. But 1984, South Carolina went 10-2, and two, won their first nine games. People forget they opened the season with the Citadel at home. It was 24-24 to 24 with about three minutes to go. And South Carolina, Joe Morrison called a halfback pass at about midfield. We threw a halfback pass to score a touchdown and beat the Citadel and went on to win nine in a row and ranked number two in the country before Navy. Uh, and then we beat Clemson and lost the bowl game. But don't I there's some crazy behind-the-scenes plays that mattered. Mm-hmm. Um, those, two, those two stick in my mind as just 
season turning place. Absolutely. We appreciate your input there, Brian. We are kind of running out of time here. But wow, yeah, he had all the high points on that one. Yeah, we, we appreciate that, Brian. Yeah. Have a good day, man. That was a, a good trip down. So memory lane on some of them. Uh, again, before my time, like you said, on others. But so that so that South Carolina-Kentucky game, 97, actually, is on YouTube in its entirety. So if anybody actually wants to go back and, and relive it, starting lineup for South Carolina, I mean, these were some dudes. B.J. Mackey, Larry Davis, Melvin Watson, William Gallman, Ryan Stack. So you're talking about you know, three or four of, of the better players, uh, you know, in kind of recent South Carolina history, I would say there. And I guess it's not recent anymore, but uh, within the last 30 years or so. And I, Chris, I remember those teams, but I don't remember those teams. You know what I mean? Like yeah. I, I remember watching them as a kid. Don't remember details from, from any games, but that, that was a pretty loaded South Carolina team. And to add one more, to his South Carolina, Florida, just crazy baseball series, crazy baseball game was the Jake Williams throw. Uh, Florida nearly won that game on a base hit to left field. And Jake Williams, who will tell you himself, had probably by far the weakest arm in that outfield, throws an absolute seed to the plate and guns down a runner who was going obviously second to home and, uh, keeps Florida from scoring the win and run there as well. So there there were several plays in that game that were just clutch for South Carolina. Absolutely. We'll continue to revisit this as the week goes along and as we get closer and closer to the start of football season. But that'll do it for today's edition of the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour presented by Firehouse Subs. Halftime show with Terry coming up next here on 107.5 The Game. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. <laughs> 